Hey everybody, welcome back to Bacon Wire. When I'm not watching from a distance, my brother, my family, uh, Carter, walking uh, for graduation this this weekend. I'm Lucas, joined as always by Carter and Spartan Dog. Fellas, how we doing? Feeling great. Feeling good. Uh, I am living. Uh, I'm living the dream. You know. Uh, I've decided that I am going to um, enter the draft as an oversized wide receiver so I can be drafted by the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> Let's go. You, be six, five. you have to be 6'5 and run slower than a 4'5. Okay, that I got, I'm halfway there. I just got to stretch myself out a little bit. <laughs> I'll, go up right, into, awesome. I'll go up into the ISS for a year and stretch my spine out. You're not 6'5? I'm 6'3". Dude, you seem way taller than that. <laughs> when yeah. like, I'm six foot. Well, I mean, if like... we're counting, I mean, if we're counting what's going on down there, then yeah, I'm six five. But... <laughs> <laughs> uh, pretty light week. Uh, probably going to be a shorter episode, but we'll be done. We're done. And uh, uh, basketball news, we really don't have much to talk about on that front. Um, the portal, the decisions had to be made for student or for college athletes on Sunday, May 1st to decide whether you're going to stay in the portal or go to the draft, right? That was uh, no, it was no. to enter the portal. Enter the portal. Um, that deadline yeah. to enter the portal was was May 1st. That's right. Apologies. I, I it's it's I got to I got to get my shit together. Um so we have no news on Max Christie. Um, well, we do have, I mean, what he, didn't, he, he didn't enter the portal, right? Yeah. So I think that's an important distinction because the smoke for a long time was that if he's not going to the draft, he's transferring. And him so, not yeah. entering the portal kind of means that now his options are staying in the draft or, or coming back. At right. this point, I'm kind of leaning towards him staying in the draft and just kind of he'll he'll go where he goes, kind of a Deontay Davis situation. Yeah. Um, which is unfortunate because you know, I I've said on the pod before and, and Carter and Lucas, I think you both agree with me. Um, Max probably got the Max got the short end of a lot of sticks last season, right? He he was asked to defend um, the best player, the best wing on the other team a lot. He played a lot of minutes for a freshman. And, you know, his his offense suffered because he was gassed. He didn't have his legs under him. Um, you know, he was he was constantly running up and down the floor because the other four people on the floor um, especially in the middle, were just inept at at possession, at offensive possession, and you know it just kind of it just kind of sucks that that the people in Max's ear that that the people in Max's ear you know are kind of leading him to a path um, that is not the most fruitful for him. Mm. Um, you know. Maybe he does come back, but I, I, I really don't see. I don't see it either. I'm trying to find. Oh, I guess it's not really available. But I was looking for players who played the most minutes. 
uh, in the Big Ten. But, I mean, Max Christie has to be up there. I mean, I think the only guys he would be trailing is guys at Minnesota because they literally would play like seven players and their starters would play like 37 minutes a game. But, yeah, he definitely didn't have the greatest. There were definitely things that happened with him at Michigan State um, that were not really advantageous to him. And I think SD hit on a lot of those. And there were just people, you know, in his in his uh, in his in his group of people that that have have decided, you know, that they they think that for him it's not the best to come back to Michigan State. I mean, we don't know this for certain. You know, this is just smoke and rumors that we're all hearing. Um, he's got until June first to decide uh, when he'd like to what he'd like to do. So, I mean, I I. I I've seen the rumors that he's going to stay in the draft. And that honestly wouldn't shock me just based on what um, people around him have said, you know, we don't know what he's thinking, but you know, if there's a lot of voices pulling you in one certain direction, then it's kind of hard to go against those. So if he stays in the draft, I wouldn't be shocked. I think at this point I would actually be more shocked if he stayed at Michigan state. Yeah. But you never really know. I'm of the, I mean, it it sucks that I sell that software max Christie stuff and, it just seems like with every day that passes, the, the percentage goes up just a, a tad. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if in the next couple of weeks he says, I'm staying in the draft. I, I think he'll say it before June 1st. Mm-hmm. Either way, I mean, it'd be, I mean, I think we'd all be ecstatic if he, or be thrilled, you know, if he came back because, you know, we're, it's not, we need to get, hopefully Tom's hitting the portal. And I don't know if he really is. Um, which is something that we were basically begging him to do. You know, every pod, every MSU podcast was saying that, you know, you got to hit the portal. Um, I don't know. Sparno, you got anything I mean, to add? At, I'm, at I'm this point. Just being a dead horse. At this point, it's not about reaching for the best player available. It's about, it's just about getting a body. It, that's <laughs> what, I mean, at this yeah, point. Man. At this point, that's what it is. You just need somebody there. You can't go into Big Ten. You can't go into Big Ten play with two centers. That's fucking crazy. And you can't put and putting Joey Hauser at the five is a disservice. I mean, we saw what fucking we saw what the fucking date rapist look alike from Ohio State did to him. Oh my god. We can't fucking we can't put Hauser up against fucking Limprist. It's not gonna work. I mean, you can go into Big Ten play with two centers, but your tournament streaks. You're not jeopardy. walking out. You're not walking out of Big Ten play with two centers. Your tournament streaks in jeopardy. That, that's that's what's that's the truth. So and and you know, Kohler's a freshman. He's raw. You know, he's a good player, but he's not gonna he's not gonna be the instant impact. That that people think he is. He, think about the think about some of the great centers MSU has had in the past. Nick Ward, Xavier Tillman. Right? They weren't they weren't instant impact guys their yeah. freshman year. They needed time to adjust and they needed limited minutes. So that leaves your only center with with experience in the program as Madi Sissoko. And look. I want Madi to succeed just as much as anybody. I think Madi Sissoko has the potential of being one of the most intimidating human beings on planet Earth. (laughs) But he's just, his game's still too raw. 
And at this point, I don't know if the staff can fix it. Yeah. Garter, what you what do you got? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I really just think they're going to come out of this portal season just really underwhelmingly. Um, I mean, you know, the, the, the one likely portal guy it looks like they're going to get as of right now is Micah Parrish, the wing from Oakland. And, like, that's great and all because that's a body. But, I mean, looking past just the fact that they're landing somebody, that's a – 13 points a game guy on 33% from three, you know, it's just, it's, it's kind of just, you kind of, kind of shrug at it. It's like, yeah, they, they had somebody. And, and if you're going into a guy with a guy like that, as you're starting small forward, that's just not great. Um, But I mean, the options are kind of limited. I mean, I, I don't really think I saw a whole lot of great centers enter the portal. There was a guy who I think he was from St. Bonaventure, Mm-hmm. He was a he's a center. I don't remember his name, but he is in the portal. That's a guy they should look at. I know our friend Spartan Hoops DK said that they should target that guy. It's just, but I haven't seen them link to any centers. They reached out to Baylor Shireman, the 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 wing guy, and he ended up going to Creighton. Uh, and they reached out to Michael Parrish, who they might end up landing. And those are wings, and that's fine because they still need one. But right, it seems like we're going to get Parrish. You're going to be you're going to be doing your team a disservice by going into Big Ten season with Sissoko as your Sissoko and Kohler as your only starting center options against some of the better centers. I know that there's going to be a couple guys in the Big Ten who have left, but there are still a couple good ones. And if you don't have one in the Big Ten, you're not gonna you're not gonna come out on top. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been proven that if you have big men, you're going to win the Big Ten. Um, we've proven it. You know, other teams have proven it. It's just – I'm I'm disappointed in the – I mean, I, I know we're probably – we're probably – I don't know anything. We're probably going to land Micah Parrish. I mean, it seems like that's a pretty good chance, so I don't think I'm reaching for him. Uh, and – I, I just really want some big men. I really want some big boys. And I'm, I'm at the point of low expectations, like low, and then be pleasantly surprised if we get a big man, even a big man. That, that's where I'm at with this. It's, it's disappointing I have to think like that because we all were optimistic like a month ago that Tom would get this right, like this new hire we we don't know what's going on with that, do we? Like the new coaching hire? I don't think there's really been any traction, is there? There's smoke for one guy. Um, oh, our friend, think, yeah. Our friend Justin Thind um, did did report it for um, Spartan uh, for Spartan Tailgate uh, 24-7's uh, MSU site. Um, he, he is a former uh, – Maurice Joseph – Mojo, yeah. Uh yeah, Mojo, you know, former player. Um he he was a head coach at George Mason. Um kind of or he was the head coach at George Washington. George Washington, me. yeah. Um was fairly underwhelming, an assistant at and then an assistant at Fairly Dickinson, George Mason, Richmond. Um sounds like Sounds like Fairley Dickinson wants him to come back to run the program, but he has held off um, because he has 
because it sounds like he's coming back to, it sounds like he wants to come back and he's in talks with, with Tom and, and Alan Haller right now um, to kind of make that move. So, uh, you know, it's, it's not Tom Crean, so that's good. Um, you know, he's, he's a younger guy. Um, I'm not sure, you know, he meets the criteria of having an understanding of NIL in the portal. Um, but you know, fresh blood, even though, even though he's a former player, you know, he hasn't, he was not like McQuaid where he's, where he's kind of been, where he's kind of never left the program after graduating. He's been out and about. So hopefully, hopefully he can bring some fresh perspective into the room and him being a former player, maybe that garners him a little clout um, with, with the staff. Yeah. Xavier Booker just uh, tweeted. He posted, he got an offer from Kansas. Oh no. So the, the, the big boys are starting to offer him and, uh, but I mean, Michigan state has been recruiting the hell out of him. So. Hopefully, hopefully they come out on top, but it always, it always kind of, it always kind of unsettles you when teams like Duke, Kentucky, Kansas get involved. Yeah. Those are like the main three I'm really scared of. And. Ugh, this sucks. <laughs> Whatever we, we got to We're due, we're due for a break. So I'm going to speak it into existence if, and, and go from there. If, if Izzo comes out of 2023, if he does a two-man recruiting class and it's Jeremy Fears and Xavier Booker, that would be fantastic, actually. The floor general. The floor general. Yep, the floor general. Uh, so, yeah, I think I think we pretty much touched on basketball. Um, we can want to talk the NFL draft now? Sure. So we'll start with the Spartans that got drafted. Um K9, Kenneth Walker, um, who should have been the first running back off the board, but I don't know why. Um, Brees Hall got drafted in front of him. Not by much, but uh, Kenneth Walker went to the Seattle Seahawks in the second round, um, 41st overall, I believe. And Yeah, I think so. Um, I'm, I'm happy for him. That's I think that's a pretty good organization to get drafted from. Like, they're in a, they're in a rebuilding phase, but they have an established head coach who's pretty decent, who's won a Super Bowl, who's won a lot of playoff games, and um, a really good organization. I'm just really happy he found a good landing spot. Um, he deserved that, and I think he's. They might be cutting Chris Carson. Like he's got a shot to be the starting running back to, for for the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know. Uh, Brees Hall did end up, did end up getting drafted by the Jets. So like, you know, just from organization, <laughs> um, even though I think the Jets probably had the, even though I think the Jets and, and the Giants probably had the, the best overall draft, at yeah. least the first round out of, out of probably, out of probably all the teams there, um, <laughs> out of all the teams with the first round pick, I, I I think Seattle is a great place for K9. You know, they're kind of a they're they lean they lean run, right? Drew Locke isn't exactly a world beater, isn't exactly a world beater with his arm. So they're probably gonna lean on it a little heavier. They're gonna have to share the love. Um, you know, and Lucas is right. There are rumblings of Chris Carson getting cut. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so that leaves the running back room a little thin and canine a chance to kind of go into mini camp and do what everyone who who's been following Michigan State football uh, since he walked on campus knows he can do. So, yeah, um, I, I think this was probably behind Buffalo. I think this was probably the most ideal landing spot for him. Yeah, I, I think Seattle actually had a really good draft. They took Charles Cross with their first pick, who was, I think, the best pass protector in this class. Uh, so they have a franchise left tackle with him. Then they added Kenneth Walker. They added Boye Mafe, the pass rusher from Minnesota. Uh, day three, they added Tariq Woolen, who's a corner from UTSA, six foot four, ran a four two forty, absolutely insane athlete. As well as Kobe Bryant, the the corner from Cincinnati. So I think they landed a couple of really good guys. They had an uncharacteristically good draft in Seattle. Um, but yeah, getting Kenneth Walker was fantastic. I mean. I think, you know, he could definitely be better than what Carson is. Carson can't stay healthy. And uh, Rashad Penny, outside of last year, has just not been very good. I mean, they took him in the first round a couple of years ago, which was really confusing. And they've done that a couple of times where they've, they've taken some – they've had some confusing picks in the first round. But they made they made – they had a really good draft, I think, this year. Yeah, it's I find it funny that – you know, Russell Wilson was running for his life for years. And then they finally started drafting linemen in this draft after they traded him. Like, I just, I thought that was a little ironic, but I get the timing of it. Um, you know, you get Jake Locke, you get a premier quarterback like that. You got to protect him or Drew Locke. I said, Jake, I thought Jake Locker for some reason. Jake Locker. Oof, that's a callback. That's a um, from the past. Then we had, uh, Okay, Jalen Naylor got drafted next um, out to the Minnesota Vikings. So we're going to get some possible Spartan-on-Spartan connection with uh, our boy Kirk Kirk Cousins. Um, You know, I always love him, but, yeah. Uh, Well, you'll get some – I think Jalen has a shot to stick with this roster. I mean, I think – Honestly, going back to after the Peach Bowl when he said he was going pro, I thought the guy that was going to go pro was Jaden Reed. And I yep. thought Jalen Naylor was going to stay because I felt Reed was is a more complete receiver. And I, I understand Jalen – and he got drafted. So, I mean, it, it worked out. I mean, probably not as high as anyone – or he or anyone wants to be drafted. But, like – I'm I'm happy for him. I hope he works out, but he does have a lot to develop in his game. So it it's a bargain pick for Minnesota, but it could end up being very fruitful just based on his size and when he's healthy, how dangerous he is. I could see him being like a at the very least like a special teams, like a kick returner or punt returner type of guy. Oh yeah, yeah. He does have that, he has that speed. Um, and I really think that he doesn't have a ton of competition to end up being like the Vikings wide receiver four. I mean, mm-hmm. Jefferson and Thielen will be the top two guys. And then KJ Osborne will probably have that third spot. And outside of that, there's like Amir Smith, Marset or BC Johnson. Like he's definitely, he's better than both those guys. Right. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like definitely there's a lot of, there's a couple technical things he needs to work on. Like, I don't think he's like the smoothest route runner. You know, he no. usually, he, he, he relies on using his speed to get past guys down the field. Um, but unfortunately for, for Jalen, a lot of corners in the NFL are fast, so he'll have to clean that up a little bit. There's been a couple of like times where he's he's had a couple really confusing drops, so 
just maybe, you know, getting that focus a little bit more, more locked in uh, on that end. But I think outside of that, if he pieces those things together, I mean, he's got a shot to be a decent contributor uh, right away. Yeah. I mean, they call him speedy for a reason, folks. Um, You know, you can't, you can teach quickness, but you can't teach speed. And I think, I think Jalen has, has a lot of that has, has that in spades. Um, You know, there are things that, that need to be worked on that, that we thought would cause him to, to stay at Michigan state for another year and learn from Courtney Hawkins and, and kind of continue to develop. But uh, you know, I think, I think he'll have, um, I think he'll have some time to cook and he'll be, and I think you're right, Carter, he can be, I think he'll end up being a, a, a reliable contributor to, um, to at bare minimum, a special teams. Yeah. I mean, and I totally forgot that game he had against Rutgers where it was like basically had 200 yards and three touchdowns before the half. <laughs> and he dapped up and he dapped up kind of the walker on his way into the end zone. Yeah. And that 94 yard run uh, yeah. or whatever, however, 91 or something. But remember, uh, remember, <laughs> remember Kenneth Walker? Um, no, not really. Remembering, <laughs> remembering oh, no. Kenneth Walker. <laughs> Got to find his parking spot. <laughs> um, this this next one I really like is uh, Connor Hayward going to the Pittsburgh Steelers. My um, chonk king. My chonk king. Uh, if you told me two years ago this dude was going to get drafted, I would have said, fuck off. And, and like, <laughs> respectfully, like, I didn't see it. And, man, as soon as Tucker took over, I mean, you know, he was in the transfer portal when Tucker came but then it's obvious they had like a heart to heart or like, you know, a, a kumbaya, like, Hey man, if you stay, you're going to be an integral piece of this team. You know, you can do so many different things. And I mean, it, I'm really happy for him. And it, it, I'm very, I'm really proud of him that he got drafted. Cause man, he really impressed the shit out of me the last two years. Like, was it incredible at points? No, but like, especially 2021, I think when, I think there were, he never really was a detriment to the team in 2021. I mean, you could say, I don't know if it, I really blame him for like being put in at running back. I think that might've been coach D, but yeah, I mean, I mean, I was blown away by how he played under Mel Tucker and I'm, I'm super stoked that he gets to play with his brother. And, you know, I, I think he has a chance to make some noise in Pittsburgh. Yeah. I mean, I don't see any reason why he can't be, you know, like a starting fullback or whenever they decide to use a fullback. I mean, I know they have a couple guys. They have – do they still have Roosevelt Knicks? I know that was a guy they used at the fullback spot. Um, Probably. And then also Benny Snell, who's that, you know, that bowling ball on fourth and one. Remember, you don't want to meet him in the hole because he will set the tone. So oh, Roosevelt Knicks is not, is not with the Steelers anymore. Okay. Okay. So, so yeah, they shot. Use- yeah, so he has a shot to be the fullback there. I mean, yeah, no, it was, it was, I was, I was sitting there watching the draft, and I said to my friend as the as the Steelers were on the clock, I was like, this is a spot for Connor Hayward here. I bet you know they've had a really good draft so far. I bet they can afford to swing on a fullback. I was like, and Cam Hayward is probably saying, hey, yeah, this is a good spot to take my brother, and right, that is indeed that is indeed what they did, um, and I think that's really awesome. Yeah, I mean Hayward, Connor Hayward, 
when we watched him play running back was just like, this is awful. This is not what he's supposed to be doing. And I think the staff knew that pretty, pretty early on as well. So 2021, he comes back. Uh, they use him in a different position. You know, he's a really good pass catcher, you know, so he played some tight end H back, you know, just absolutely phenomenal blocker. Mm-hmm. I remember the play against Miami. I think it was a reverse to Jalen Naylor and, uh, or maybe it was Jaden Reed. I think it was Reed. It was, it was a Reed. reverse and he blocked two players on yeah. that play. He blocked two different players on the same play to score a touchdown. So, I mean, he did everything for Michigan state last year, uh, came up with important catches, uh, I think of the one I think against Northwestern that he like snagged with one hand or something that real, that big one where he mossed the guy against Nebraska and then trucked another guy. Yeah. Um, he caught that touchdown in the peach bowl. Great throw from Thorne. Great catch from oh, him. Great catch. Yeah. He, he came up with so many important plays this year, absolutely changed everyone's perception on him and probably changed his perception on himself a little bit. So yeah. absolutely fantastic redemption story for him. And, you know, we're all, we're all thrilled for him. Yeah. I, I think the biggest, I just think it's such a great thing that he likes, he stuck it out when, you know, when a new coach comes in, you don't know if your role is going to be, you know, the same or worse or better. And, it's pretty clear that Mel Tucker had an impact on him and I'm, I'm, I'm ecstatic for him as a, as a, as a large King myself, I'm very happy for him. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Connor Hayward, Connor Hayward kind of lived the dream. He got to gain weight and still be effective at what he does. <laughs> That's like the goal. <laughs> yeah. um, so the next one, I mean, we all thought those three would get drafted for sure. And then the rest, we were like, uh, you know, maybe, maybe not. Um, Priority, priority UDFAs. Second to last pick of the draft, my world champion, Los Angeles Rams. Um, They they just basically built depth in this draft, and they drafted alignment with their first pick, and they drafted A.J. R. Curry with their last pick. I think he's 266. 230, 261st overall. Um, I, I mean, I was shocked that he got drafted, but um, I mean, he started 17 games at left tackle, eight at right tackle during his time at MSU in six seasons, but I believe that there was a medical red shirt in there, right? There had to be if it's six seasons. Medical red shirt, COVID. Yeah, COVID year two. There ha- I think one year he did red shirt. Um, it had to be. Um, but you know, Sean McVay, you know, and Les Snead, they know what they want and I trust them with this. And I, I think he has a shot. I don't know if he has a shot to start, but I think he has a shot to make like second string, you know, if he stays healthy, um, I'm really happy for him. And I'm, it, it just makes, you know, makes us look good. You know, the, the 80 year draft streak ended last year, but I mean, did anyone really care that much? I mean, did you guys? Michigan or? fans did. They thought it was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the people who don't matter cared. And, uh, um, I mean, I think we, we did a pretty good job with four guys. And I think it's this should be the floor from now on. I mean, unless we have just a bad year. Um, I don't know. I, I think I think AJ's going to have a shot to make this team. I really do. Yeah, AJ, AJ was – yeah, it was surprising that he got drafted. Um, 
I was I was at Jolly Pumpkin. I was having some dinner with some friends, and I and I'm just kind of watching the draft, and I see AJR Curry, and I was talking to somebody at the table, and I was like, "Could you imagine being the person who doesn't get to be Mr. Irrelevant? You're uh, you're you you don't get to do like the you don't get to do the like the resort stay or whatever they get to do." Oh yeah, that's right. You're the, yeah, you're the one who doesn't get to do that, but and you're just like picked way late in the draft, and you and you probably aren't going to make the team or whatever. Um, but yeah, our Curry was an interesting one. I had to honestly kind of look over his his draft profile. There's a couple, you know, he's they say he's got you know good 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 frame, um, positional versatility, good hands, good explosiveness in his hips, type of thing. Uh, they say he kind of, you know, loses leverage at the point of attack. Sometimes he plays too high, needs to work on hand placement, a couple of things like that, you know, just typical stuff for, for a seventh round tackle. Um, but I feel like tackles are probably like the easiest players, like whether, you know, what round you're selected in, you know, they're the easiest to teach and play. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, do, do, do the Rams, do they ever find a replacement for, uh, for Whitworth after you retired? Well, Joe Noboom was the backup Noboom. to him. Uh, he yeah, played the Tampa Bay game, and I believe he played the 49, the NFC title game, because um, yeah. Whitworth was dealing with a nagging injury, but Whitworth did make it to the Super Bowl. And mm-hmm. um, Note Boom is considered his replacement. Um, yeah, but they did need depth. I mean, you're replacing mm-hmm. him, but you're not really filling his spot. You know what I mean? Like, you're not filling the spot behind him. So I think the Rams did that with his draft, and whether it's Bruss or Arcuri, um you know, I trust those guys. You know, they just won a Super Bowl, and you know, I, I have nothing to, to be doubting them for anymore. Yeah, I mean, um, I think, I think, I think our our Curie definitely has the frame. He's six seven three oh five, so he's a really big dude. So I yeah, mean, you just got to get you know, just got to get that hand placement and kind of get him to get that pad level a little bit lower. And you know, maybe he ends up as a maybe a starter at left or right tackle. Who knows? Yeah. I wouldn't put it past the Rams to be able to develop him into that. So no, I think he landed make it worse. I think he landed in a great spot. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So let me address something before we get into the lions draft. You're, you're fucking laughing. Ah. <laughs> My tweet was really dumb. <laughs> oh, yeah. I worded it so poorly, but thought of it way <clears throat> too late to do any damage control. And I think part of it was my bias towards Michigan. I I think Aiden Hutchinson was a reach at two, but Brad Holmes obviously didn't think that. He took the best player available. I really wish there was an edit tweet button. So Elon, if <laughs> if you uh, if you get that going, please, I will take advantage of it. But um, yeah, not my best moment. But I was just like in like tired mode. I was watching the draft and like trying not to fall asleep, but like. Yeah, I'm going to say that, but um, I mean, from, I mean, I am a Lions fan, you know, secondary, but like, but like, I felt they did a pretty good job with this draft. I'm, I think the trade for, for, for Williams was, was fucking awesome. Uh, Spartan, you're, you're the Lions fan of the, of the pod. Like, what were your thoughts on their draft overall? Um, You know, the, the Hutchinson pick you know, um, is what it is. I think it was, I think it was a culture pick, Mm -hmm. right. Um, you know, I, I do think I do still legitimately think that Kayvon Thibodeau has the, 
has the highest ceiling of any of the edge rushers um, I'm drafted. Um, but, but Hutchinson definitely has the highest floor. Um, so, you know, it kind of, you kind of do the calculus and, and kind of, and kind of figure out where you're willing to gamble. Um, but the, but the trade up to get Jamison Williams was, was masterful. I mean, that's nothing short. I mean, what, what Brad was able to, what Brad was able to, to cash in to be able to get him is is nothing short of of, of highway ro- robbery. I mean, just just straight up punked uh, Minnesota's GM, like absolutely made him look like an idiot. New GM um, too. Yeah, uh, it was like that scene in Draft Day where uh, where Sonny Weaver Jr. takes advantage of the Vikings GM. I've never seen Draft Day. You've never seen Draft Day? No. I should I, should I watch it? Should I watch it? Yes. Yeah, you should. It's um it's like a pure flicks movie. Um but with swear words. And I really appreciate that about it. Um anyway. Yeah. Uh, go ahead, go ahead. I I I do you know in in the thing with like Jameson Williams is is right, yeah, he has a torn ACL, but like ACL tears for these high level athletes now are like, like ankle sprains. sprained ankles, yeah. Yeah, I mean they're just like like fucking Cam Akers tore his ACL and came back in the same season. <laughs> like, yeah. He tore his Achilles. Yeah, his Achilles, which is even like almost like a death sentence for a running back. Like, you know, in terms of your career, like and yeah, he he wasn't as effective, obviously, but he did enough. Um, yeah, I'm I'm impressed with the Lions draft. Like Brad Holmes doing that, I about shit myself when that trade went down. I'm like, man, he's going for it, and I like that because it's something Bob Quinn would never have the balls to do. Bob Quinn would have drafted Jamison Williams at two. Yeah, <laughs> Bob Quinn yeah. would have drafted Jamison Williams at two, and then drafted Sam Howell at thirty-two. That's what he would have done. I, re- I remember before the trade went down, like all of a sudden the tweets started to come out, like the lines are showing interest in Sam Howell at 32. I'm like, oh no, <laughs> oh no, got to trade someone. This dude is not worth 32. And then he got drafted in what? Fifth round. The, the fifth, round. fifth round. Yeah. Uh, Carter, what did you think of your Falcons draft? So a lot of people, you know, a lot of people who follow the draft and know even more about it than I do. Um, really liked it they thought that they absolutely nailed it i thought that they did well i thought that they did just well enough like the drake london pick like drake london is is a really really good player um i just thought that he and kyle pitts have too many similarities as pass catchers so i was like the pick feels kind of redundant uh just as big body guys who don't run super fast well actually kyle pitts runs really fast but ignore him um uh, Drake London is really good and I think he will be good. So, I mean, I could talk myself into that pick. They took Arnold Evacati in the second round of Penn state pass rusher. Love that pick. Thought that thought that was really, really good. The guys I think going to be really, really fantastic. Um, they took Troy Anderson, the linebacker from Montana state. Uh, and he's kind of raw at the linebacker position, but he's an insane athlete. Uh, so he's one of those MAGA linebackers that can run a four four. So I mean, if I think that's worth the gamble, 
They took – oh, then they took Desmond Ritter. I laughed at that pick. <laughs> um, wasn't a Desmond Ritter fan really at all, so I kind of, you know, and SD actually when I was at work uh, came, came to my work and I was watching Desmond Ritter all 22. He was. So he it's, was. Only, he was. it's only Desmond Carter. That I, that Carter was at the desk at IM West grinding Desmond Ritter film. Just absolutely <laughs> I didn't like going. Damn. The grind never stops, man. Yeah, now he's on my team, so I just hope that doesn't <laughs> deter them from taking quarterback early next year. Um, but then, then they took D'Angelo Malone from Western Kentucky. Still another, I think one of those, another one of those projects at the pass rushing spot. But he's a crazy athlete, gets off the ball really fast, so that was fine. And then they made a couple really good day three picks, so that was cool. So I think they had a pretty good draft. Definitely way better than last year, at least on paper. Like last year, they had a lot of confusing picks, and this year it was a lot more. Yeah, that makes sense. They address positions of need and, yeah. and things like that. So I think they did a lot better. Yeah, I mean, the Rams drafted Tutu Atwell last year, wide receiver, and I, I'm still boggled by that pick. And considering he's not, he hasn't been healthy. I mean, I hope he works say, out. Did they use him at all? Not really. Didn't need him. And need I'm not to. trying to downplay it, but like they had a loaded wide receiver room before that. And I don't understand. I mean, Matt Stafford doesn't need four guys to throw to. Um, but I like the Rams draft. They drafted two linemen, two safeties, two cornerbacks, a linebacker, and um, a running back who I really think – I think Kyron Williams could be pretty good. Um, I think he could have he could have an impact, especially with his pass-catching ability. Um, you know, that, that could end up be putting some pressure on Akers or Henderson to, to perform even more. Like, they have guys who could – honestly start in some of these situations like to compliment Jalen Ramsey like the other cornerback or the other cornerback is like not a guarantee for anybody like I know they traded back for Troy Hill um during the draft which I liked it's a depth it's a depth move because I think they I don't think they want to go back in the next postseason and have to call Eric Weddle again um I don't think you want to you don't want to rely on that as 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 solid as he was you don't want to do that um, I'm, I'm happy with the draft. They just, they did depth and, you oh, know, man. it's, it's nice to have a draft where you don't have to like trade up or like have an emergency, you know, to yeah. where you need like someone's out for the year already. You know, you can, you can just sit back and relax and do what you want. And did you, you guys saw the video of Sean McVay, right? Yeah. Uh, strange pick. Yeah. I think that was taken out. Of, I think that was blown way out of proportion. I bet they were, they were scouting him for weeks through just watching shit tons of film on him. And then the master Bill Belichick sees something no one else does and picks him in the first round. And I think they were just like, wow, <laughs> Bill Belichick does it to, to us again. We watch all this film and now we can't draft him. That's what I, that's what I think it was. I don't think because some people were like pissed off. I'm like, I mean, if you watch it without knowing what happened, sure you're you're mad for the player, but I'm sure they hashed it out or you know called them. Was like, hey, it's all good. Yeah, no, and and I think, um, you know, I mean, we'll we'll see what happens. You know, I I I really I don't know if I'm an idiot for like hyping myself up on an Ohio state quarterback. Uh, but I really, really like, I really, 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 really like CJ Stroud. You're getting, the, um, you're getting the hype train ready. 
Yeah, I've I've already been I've been asking for photoshops and I haven't gotten one yet. So you're gonna, um, I'm a little I'm a little pissed off. You're gonna be at the Ohio State Michigan State game. And every time Stroud throws a touchdown, you're gonna be the one MSU fan going, Yes. I mean, I'm not gonna be doing that. No, I'm just I'm just fucking around. Yeah. I just yeah, I I don't know. I really, really like CJ Stroud. I, I don't do think I don't think by virtue. Uh, the Lions are going to be the worst team in the league next year. No, they won't um, be. So they probably won't. They probably won't be active for the Bryce Young sweepstakes. Um, you know, and this season's kind of a win-win for the Lions, honestly, because if Jared Goff um, plays to the level he played at when he got to the Rams to the Super Bowl, yeah, um, he, you know, that this team could be. This could be a seven, eight win team. You could right? be in the hunt for a little bit in that graph. Yeah, you could you could be in the hunt, right? And yeah, if he yeah. and if golf flames out and falls apart, well, his cap hit is his cap hits fucking nothing. Cut his yeah. ass and go get CJ Stroud. So, you know, there's still there's still holes on this team. I don't think um I think the linebacker, I think the linebacker room is still probably the weakest room on the team. Yeah. Um, it's it's super shallow. I mean, I can't even name a linebacker on the roster after Alex Anzalone. <laughs> I was gonna uh, say, yeah, Anzalone. <laughs> I like the uh I like the Malcolm Rodriguez pick from Oklahoma State. That guy's got a lot of speed and he's got yeah. really good IQ. Yeah, that, that guy, that and he can and he can fucking hit. I mean, I just yes, he can. the highlights I saw of him were just him laying people the fuck out. Great pick. So, Honestly, fantastic find. Yeah. So, you know, that's the kind of, you know, I'm I'm okay with I'm okay with being that again this year. Um, you know, I'm I'm if if Hutchinson can kind of fix some of the stuff that that'll get him eaten that got him eaten alive against Georgia and um will get him eaten alive against NFL offensive linemen, I think. Um I think we'll be in a really good spot next year. Um, we're not gonna be a two-win team um by any means, but you know, uh Stafford won his Super Bowl, so now he can fuck off and get and you know, tear something and be out for the year. Don't um, don't do that to me. <laughs> you won a Super Bowl. Fuck off. Fuck I want off more. <laughs> fuck off. Um <laughs> Yeah, and you know, maybe we can get another high pick and kind of shore up kind of shore up some space, see who's available next year. Um could, yeah. Could you imagine if Stafford went down in like training camp and like the Rams go two and fifteen? That won't happen, but like I think they would obviously pull the panic button on something. But um could you imagine if the Lions had like the one and two picks? <laughs> I'd fucking come in my pants. You draft because you you draft Bryce Young, and then you go and you go right back and you draft like Will Anderson. Will Anderson, holy fuck! Best defensive prospect in like but 15 years. You would also have yeah, teams. probably the best. Honestly, probably the best since Ndamukong Sue. Yeah, you you would, but the, and the benefit is you would have teams blowing up your phone with insane offers. From one of those picks, that would be that would be amazing. Like not not for me, but like for you guys, you know, for the Lions overall. 
eight first round picks. I want eight first round picks. <laughs> like the Rams, I, like when the Rams traded uh, the number two pick that one year to Washington and got yeah. like six draft picks back and then had them all at the, uh, the coin toss. Uh, yeah, I'm, it was a good draft. Um, I, I thought the weirdest moment was the, uh, the old ass dude, the coach from Blue Mountain State. Um, <laughs> hey, basically just no, doing a Seinfeld no. routine. Yeah, no Marty Daniels slander in this in this no. in, on this podcast. No, no Marty Daniels slander, but it was clear it was like old man, like, hey, come on, let's fucking go. Like he was like, What's the deal? It felt like a it felt like a Seinfeld routine. What's the deal with Packers fans? <laughs> <laughs> um it was cool to see uh Big Wit, you know, Whitworth make a or a selection, even though I mean, did the Bengals have a first round pick? Yeah, they yeah, they took they took they Dax took. Hill from Michigan. Oh yeah, that's right. I don't know why they didn't let him do it because I mean, there's no bad blood between him and the Bengals. Um, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Um, so, do we want to talk touch on the Big Ten media deal, or do we want to wait a little bit? Let's. Uh, I mean, I think it's interesting to kind of speculate before everything becomes official. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll let was, you summarize what's going on with it. This was this was something I brought up. You know, I. I, I'm pretty interested in um, in the business side of of college athletics and um, the Big Ten um, has a the Big Ten has a lot of uh, uh, the Big Ten has a lot of. Uh, you know the Big Ten is is set to receive uh, the most lucrative uh, the most lucrative broadcast deal in in college football, um, topping the topping the SEC's previous deal with ESPN, where uh, where the where ESPN got the coveted three thirty uh, the coveted three thirty game away from CBS. Uh, you know they're. There's there's rumors that Fox is already going to keep their portion of of the broadcast, and they're basically and the Big Ten is basically moving away, is trying to break free completely of ESPN. Uh, that's what it sounds like. Uh, NBC's been making a huge push. Um, I think I think that's kind of I think that's kind of showing um, that there might be that there might be a little more potential than everyone thinks for, you know, a Notre Dame, a Notre Dame kind of real, a Notre Dame sized realignment (laughs) coming to the conference. If NBC is willing to, if NBC is kind of willing to risk their relationship with their biggest, with probably the biggest broadcast partner they have in college athletics um, to, to go after, to go after the, to go after this broadcast deal. And, you know, there's rumors that Amazon's in the mix. They, of course, have Thursday night football. Um, Apple TV is in the mix for for some portion of the package. They do Friday night baseball, um, which so I'm, you know, it's going to be an interesting time for the Big Ten. And obviously the media deal they sign affects us because that's going to give the athletic department more funds to do things like. Uh, to do do more things like upkeep the stadium, uh, you know, kind of 
kind of <laughs> kind of move facilities forward faster. In, and it gives them more funds to ignore uh, the uh, get one of those small little uh, self-propelled. Th- yeah. Good. Oh, you you kind of like broke up and sped up on me there. Yeah, sorry. Uh, Go it ahead. gives them it gives them it gives them funds to get one of those uh, old people therapy pools where it's like where it's like seven feet long, um, but it's like it has those jets, so you just kind of swim, st- but you just kind of swim in place, but it feels like you're moving. Uh, and you know, I think that can be the thing to save the MSU swim and dive program. Honestly, I was um, gonna say. They get the funds to ignore the request to bring back the swim and dive team even more. <laughs> oh, we have all this extra money. Do you want to bring back swim and dive? Nah. No. <laughs> all right. Next, next, next topic. Uh, yeah. I could see, I would love NBC because it'd be great to have Al Michaels. I know it's never going to happen, but I could just love to hear Al Michaels say like Peyton Thorne and Jalen, Jane Reed went to high school together. Um, Ooh, a Collinsworth, a Collinsworth slide oh, for at Spartan for Stadium. A Collinsworth slide at Michigan Stadium. At Mich- yeah, at Spartan oh. Stadium. Oh Fucking my lord! Be still, be still, my heart. Oh man, they would need to. We'll probably, we'll probably end up with fucking. We'll probably end up with Collinsworth's fucking annoying kid. Mike, well, looks just <laughs> like it's it's weird. It was weird when the Super Bowl when they were on the Super Bowl together. Uh, one of like Mike Tarico or something who I, I can't stand, but to each his own. Um, I think and, it's going to be. And our friend Couchburner's favorite, Drew Brees. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't mind that. Um, just don't just don't uh, count on him to, to not throw a pick in the, in the NFC title game. Um, I imagine I imagine the booth talent would go under some revamp. If, yeah, if they, they would definitely tool to, it a little bit. Were to procure because. The people they have calling the USFL games are fucking awful. <laughs> It'd be like us calling a USFL game. We could probably do a pretty good job, though. No offense to you, Carter, because you're a broadcast journalism student, but they all sound like broadcast journalism students. <laughs> they actually, they really do, actually. <laughs> I, I would love to call the Michigan Panthers games for obvious reasons. Um. I would just beat a dead horse the entire game. Um, I my prediction is Fox is going to keep their big noon Saturday with the Big Ten, and we're going to go to Amazon Prime. That's my other prediction. I th- I think we're going to go streaming one way or another, Prime or Apple TV. I really think it's going to happen. That's going to fuck. You know what? I hope we don't do streaming. I hope we stay on. I hope we stay on cable. And here's why. I have a Saturday tradition of, and obviously these traditions are going to change because I'm planning on getting season tickets this year. So for the home games, I'll be, I'll be in East Lansing, but for the away games and the bye weeks, right? Uh, I go to this bar with, um, with my dad and my grandpa and my uncle, and we just sit there and drink beer for six hours and watch football. It's great. Uh, but one thing, um, the worst part about any bar, fellas. Uh, you know, here comes a 25-year-old stand-up bit, is the worst thing about a bar is trying to get the TVs set to the right channel. And it's hard enough with cable. Once you throw in streaming, it's going to be a fucking goddamn nightmare. 
And I would just rather, I would rather like the, I would rather the main broadcast packages stay on, stay on cable. If you want to throw our game against, do we play Youngstown State this year? I don't think we do. I don't think um, so. If you want to throw fucking Michigan UConn on fucking Apple TV Plus, I really don't give a fuck. Um, or like, I don't know, Ohio State. I think they're playing New Mexico State this year or whatever. If you want to throw that game on Prime Video, whatever. But I really, you know, for the for the big, for like the conference matchups, I would prefer for those to stay on traditional linear TV. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, I mean, if it gets MSU more money, fine. But having to explain to a bartender and like, and like me, I can just imagine the prospect of me having to log into Prime Video <laughs> at a bar to watch like Purdue Northwestern because I bet the money line, and like I'm gonna have to remind myself to log out before I leave. So like the bar staff isn't, yeah, the bar staff isn't watching the fucking wilds or whatever uh, on my account and renting shit. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be more, it's going to be an interesting deal to see. Uh, Something we're going to monitor for sure. We'll be monitoring. Um, Yeah. It looks like around Memorial Day, they'll have the final decision. Um, So before we go. We in 48 hours, I will be leaving the theater after having watched Doctor Strange in into the multiverse of madness. I think are we all going Thursday night? I am. Yeah, I'm okay. going Thursday at 9:30. Okay. I'm going at six. So like I'm leaving work and jetting over to to our, our favorite theater, Celebration Cinema. Um, please sponsor the pod. Um uh I'm excited. I accidentally got spoiled the some tidbits, um, kind of my doing. I'm, I'm a little sick in the head and I want to know, but like, you know, I wish I didn't, but I'm excited. Uh, you know, we're, we're going to get to see Colin Farrell's bullseye again. Um, you know, <laughs> uh, just I'm trying to name the shitty eh? bullseye. Eh? Eh? <laughs> uh, car, um, G- uh, Jennifer Garner's back as Electra too. You know it's insane. No, I'm excited. They do have they have Ben Affleck's Daredevil too. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Ben Affleck's Daredevil and Jennifer Garner's Electra. Yeah. Um, they, they will not appear in in the same scene. No. Um, they Oof. will. They'll be. They'll be in different places, but they are both in the movie. <laughs> um. It's getting good reviews. It's, it's like a mixture of a lot of people saying, if you like Sam Raimi's like touch in movies, then it's really awesome. And then some yeah. people who are like, oh, the cameos were cool, but that's it. Like some, one person said the cameos were cool. The rest of the movie stinks. I'm like, uh, okay. Yeah, no. I saw that review and he's like, it's Sam Raimi brings too much of his personal style to the movie. I'm like, oh, so the movie's good. Yeah, so the movie's like, really good. Yeah. Like, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? When you get a guy who created one of the most influential movies of our time in Spider-Man, like, in terms of influential, like, paving the way for this shit, 
I mean, I think you, I think I'm okay with it with it being a Sam Raimi movie. Like, it's better than being like a formulaic, like you know, Thor and Thor two and all that bullshit. Yeah, I'm sorry. I want my Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness to be a little more out there than Captain America and the Winter Soldier. That might be a hot. That might be a hot take. Uh, but I would rather I would rather see them. I uh, do a little stuff. I mean, we do get more footage. Um, Haley Al- Haley Atwell was at the premiere of was at the premiere, so that basically, and we do see like the the Captain Carter shield. So we do we are getting Captain Carter. Yeah, they um, gave that away in a preview. Yeah, like, I mean, really? it, they also gave away um, Patrick Stewart's Professor X. It does look like he's in his uh, he's, he's in, in the cartoon yellow. wheelchair. The little floating yellow car thing. That's the um, cartoon from the, wheelchair. From the that's comics badass. and the 90s cartoon. Yep. Uh, that's a great touch. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll leave it at that. Um, but I mean, I can barely watch the first Doctor Strange movie again. Like, I mean, Benedict Cumberbatch is great in it, but like, I don't know. It just kind of feels like the same old Marvel bullshit. Um. And I get they have a formula, they have a game plan to stick to, but I tried watching it on Disney Plus a couple of weeks ago, and I'm like, I could barely get through it. I think it took me like two, three times, to, three tries to finish it. Um, but like, and I hear Elizabeth Olsen is just as good as Bennett Cumberbatch, which is awesome. Like, I'm really excited for that, especially with how WandaVision ended. Um, can, you, can you imagine... Going back to 2002 and being like the Olsen sister who is just still cranking out banger performance after banger performance <laughs> is Elizabeth. <laughs> go back to two th- go back 20 years and just find some <laughs> random dude on the street and go, hey, one of the Olsen sisters are still acting and they're fucking phenomenal. They have a ton of good performance in indie movies. They're doing blockbusters. It's crazy. And they go, is it Mary-Kate or Ashley? (laughs) No. (laughs) It's the other one. You're not going to believe this. (laughs) You will not believe which Olsen sibling (laughs) is a Marvel superstar. (laughs) Click here to find out. Um, Yeah, I'm excited. And I really hope, I don't know what's happening. I really hope we get a Thor trailer at the end of this movie. I really do. I really hope that's like a new trend for Marvel is to like put a new trailer at the end of like this, excuse me, this current movie. Like if it's a recent or an upcoming release, I would love that. Like, I really want, I really want to fucking see Christian Bale. (laughs) Is, is Thor, is Thor the only other MCU movie coming out this year? Like I know. Supposedly Black Panther 2 is still coming. This year? It's going to be tight, but it's, they're still aiming for November. Which we haven't seen anything about it. LA still has a vaccine mandate. How the fuck are they going to get uh, his? What's Letitia? Letitia Wright. Letitia Wright. Yeah. How the fuck are they going to get Letitia Wright to shoot her scenes? I don't know. They'll have to sneak up behind her and like jackass when they did the <laughs> the hair clipping. Oh yeah. Sh- 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 jab. <laughs> um. Uh, that they still say it's going for November, and I know. They did. If you guys saw that, Ant Man two got moved up five months. Yeah, um, that that and the Marvels. Marvels got moved to July. 
they switched places basically. They switched so that, places on the schedule. That means Ant Man's making really good time and is probably going to be finished pretty pretty relatively soon. So we probably will get an Ant Man trailer in the next probably maybe with Thor or like a teaser because of how big the implications are for that movie, especially with Kang the Conqueror. So, or maybe they were like, shit, we can do this with Ant-Man in relation to events that happen in Black Panther, Thor, etc. We need to move Ant-Man up. But I don't think they would rush it. You know what I mean? I think they were probably like, Ant-Man's looking good. Let's get it out. Um, and Loki season two is about to film. <coughs> so that's Yeah, good. they're... They filmed, uh, it looks like they were filming, uh, that I was on the Marvel Studios subreddit, they were filming the holiday special. In, in LA, yeah. In LA, the Drax and, uh, Drax and uh, Mantis were, were walking around. And yeah. there's, and I don't know if it's for volume three or the holiday special, um, but there is, there are, there are shots of, uh, of, of uh, the only homophobe bigger than me, according to some people, Chris Pratt. Oh and uh, in Karen Gillan uh, wearing the wearing more comic accurate uh, uniforms. Yeah. yeah, people were losing their mind over that. No, no, Zoe Saldana. Uh, they're Sad. keeping they're keeping her under wraps. But folks, the thing I'm most excited about on Thursday is that Avatar trailer. Oh, yeah, me too. <laughs> I, I want to know. I want to know the way of the water. I can't wait for the memes for the next movie, The Seed Bear. That's gonna be great. That's that's what that's what I call Dylan's mom. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, Dylan, we love you. Uh, yeah, I was 22 when Avatar came out, and I'm gonna be 35 when this one comes out. Like, I thought it was gonna be a thing where, like, when I had kids, you know, like, oh yeah, I remember when the first one came out, <clears throat> and then we'd be like on the fifth or sixth movie. We're just on the fucking second movie. And my mom's a big Avatar fan. I told her about this and she's really pumped. But I'm like, I don't fucking care. I don't give a shit about this. I mean, will I go watch it? Probably. But like, oh boy, James Cameron works with water again. Wow. His name is James James Cameron. Cameron. (laughs) The bravest pioneer. (laughs) We need to raise the bar. It's been lowered (laughs) even more. I hope that's what the movie is like. It just in the background, you can see him like going under, <laughs> underwater in the sub. Um, James Cameron doesn't do what James Cameron does because because of James Cameron. <laughs> uh, I mean, it look. I'm sure it'll look cool, but like, it's if you told me at the beginning of the year is gonna like I didn't think it's gonna come out, but it is, and we'll get to witness the teaser in all its glory in two days. So, oh boy, big whoop! I don't care. <laughs> Whatever. Um, we all good? We're all good in the hood, fam. All right. I'm going to drop this, and uh, we'll be talking Ooh, next week. Is that a bobble? Is that a bobble? Got a bobble. Oh, sweet. He's got Carter's got his Dr. Strange bo- uh, bobblehead. Uh, you know what? His fucking, his fucking hand should bobble. Yeah. <laughs> his hand oh, should shake, too. I Dr. get it. Strange coming. Um. Next week, we're going to have our, our good friend, uh, Blueprint Trev on, Trevor um, on Twitter. Trevor IDK is his uh, at. Um, he's a big-time Marvel guy like us. We're going to talk Doctor Strange 2 and uh, maybe touch on Thor. Might kind of get into what's coming up next. And um, 
maybe get his thoughts on Aiden Hutchinson and everything. Um, him not being a reach and being the best player available. Um, I'm never going to live that down, but I'm accepting it and I'm going to beat it into the ground as much as I can. Um, so fellas, let's have some fun Thursday night seeing Dr. Strange. We'll be back here next week. Go green. Go white. Go white, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs>